Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and we're the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies and shining a light on great practice. Do visit us at engageforsuccess.org to learn more and where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts of Engage for Success Radio, and I'm Managing Director and Founder of Woodread. Uh, Woodread's a specialist creative agency where we use the tools, the techniques, and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. And today is radio show number 414, and we're going to be talking about how to successfully lead and engage millennials in the workplace and I'm very pleased to welcome um, as our special guest today Shane Pounder. Shane is Vice President of Operations and Marketing for Flip and in a moment I'll ask him to um, tell us a little bit more about about who they are and what they do but first of all welcome to today's show Shane. Thank you so much I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great, great to have you with us. And, and, and for the next sort of half hour, we're going to be talking about how to, how to motivate, how to lead and how to work with millennials who um, are the fastest growing workforce in the world. Um, so no, no small challenge there. So um, it's very good to have you with us. Perhaps you could just start off, if you wouldn't mind, Shane, by giving us a little bit of an insight into you, uh, a little bit around your background, and then just tell us a little bit about who Flip are. Um, uh, before we get into talk more specifically about millennials. Certainly. Um, so, uh, as you said, my name is Shane Pounder. So, um, I work at Flip. And so, my background is a mix of engineering. And then I went back to school and got a business degree, a master's of business. Um, mm-hmm. So, my career spanned uh, quite a few different things. I've worked in hospitals. I've worked in not-for-profit or charity here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked in manufacturing and professional services. So I did a, a lot of different things, crossing operations, um, marketing, strategy, uh, a lot of different pieces before about six years ago joining Flip here in Toronto. Um, right. And so what, what, what Flip is, is it's an award-winning app that helps shoppers mm-hmm. provide for their families by making life more affordable through savings and deals content. So in Canada, we have what we call flyers or circulars, and in the United States as well, that used to come mm-hmm. with the newspapers. Um, yes. We will get all those flyers with all those savings and deals content, and we aggregate it in one place on a, on a nice intuitive little app um, so that our users can get at all that savings and deals content when they need it. Right, right. I think what we used to call in the UK loose, loose inserts, um, the, the things that you, you shake when you get your newspaper and they will come flying out. C- c- coupons, exactly. clipping, the, clipping the coupons, that kind of thing, yeah? But, but now you've exactly. moved it into in the, our... you're in the 21st century now. So, uh, okay. So, so, okay. So very much a tech, uh, tech business. Um, and you have a, a, a largely millennial workforce, I, I understand. So tell us, tell our listeners what we, uh, for those who don't know, 
um, what we actually mean. How do you define a millennial? Or we also know them as Gen Y, Generation Y, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so a millennial is generally born between about 1981 and 1994-96. Um, so they grew up around uh, computers, email, uh, the Internet, whereas uh, people of my generation, I'm, I'm a little bit older than that, uh, didn't have access to that growing up. And mm -hmm. um, so this is a huge part of the workforce uh, for us. As you said, uh, we're a tech organization and we're about 400 people strong, and I'd wager somewhere in the neighborhood at 300 to 350 of those are millennial. Um, right, so, we've got so a, it's over, a, a over 75%, then. over 75%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. I, yeah, so we, we know them. another way of people talking about them is that it's sort of digital natives. They've kind of grown up with, grown up with tech. Absolutely, and, yeah. and able to, to manage a lot of different channels coming at them at once um, in a way that, uh, that a lot of us who uh, grew up with uh, one thing at a time, um, it, it's pretty astounding to watch. Yeah, well, I, I obviously grew up in the world of um, feather quills and um, three-legged stools and <laughs> parchment, so... <laughs> But yes, no, I know what you mean. And, and then, you know, there's a whole talk about the, the Generation Z coming along hot on their heels who are, who are pretty much plugged into screens in 100% of the time of one, or multiple screens even. So that, that's a whole different challenge, isn't it? But, but let's focus on Gen Y and Millennials today. And, and I think it, it would be wrong to um, leap straight into the topic without perhaps setting a little bit of scene context for us. Uh, especially around the impact of COVID over the last 20 months. And, and then more recently, what, what very much being talked about now of the, of the, the great resignation um, in, in inverted commas. So what's your take on, on the impact of that um, generally, and then perhaps more specific uh, as, as far as um, your workforce is concerned? It, certainly. I, I think with um, the great resignation as we're seeing is we're, we're finding that a lot of people are, they're, they're chasing what they want. And if they're not getting what they want in their current role, um, they're more likely to move on. And, and I don't want to go as far as saying, you know, it's a different level of loyalty, but I think there's a different expectation with this younger workforce that, um, you know, employment's a handshake. They need to get something out of it as well. It's more than just wanting the paycheck. And, mm -hmm. and so the organization needs to provide. And so when you see things like the pandemic and COVID, it's leading people to see different options. Um, mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that we've noticed is kind of that need for flexibility in our workforce. Um, they've been working for home, from home for a while, and they like it. And so now they're seeing that, oh, a lot more organizations are allowing them to do that. Well, now I can, I can follow my passion. I can follow my fancy a little bit more and, and kind of go to where the work is instead of having to physically pick up and move to where the work is. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of those things have come together. And so we are seeing, you know, different levels of, of vacancy here in Canada, as, as I think you are in the UK as well, as people are doing that. They're following what yeah. they want. Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we um, putting it into context of the UK, we had a record of 1.1 million vacancies recorded in the UK uh, last month for the, for the sort of three-month period to September, which is, which is staggering. I was listening to a program on the radio just yesterday um, talking about the hospitality industry and the food industry who were in, in – we've, you know, we've actually in, um, 
compounded some of these issues through um, issues of, of um, labour supply from the European Union um, and Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, 10% of vacancies in the hospitality industry and they're just struggling to, really, really struggling to fill them. So, yeah, it's interesting. So it's, a, it's become a more even-handed relationship. Is that what you're saying then, Shane? Uh- I, I think so. I, I think the, there's, there's leverage. Like it, it's a candidate market right now. And, and if there's a candidate out there who is you know, qualified and they have a specific area that they're really excited about, I think it's easier for them to go and, and kind of um, advocate for themselves towards that role and, and get mm-hmm. what they want. And, mm-hmm. and I think us as, a, as an employer, um, we're trying to figure out ways of being creative in order of ensuring that, you know, people, when they're making that choice, they choose us and, and, and they stick around and they remain engaged with us in our mission. Yeah. Okay. So, so you were saying something like 75% of your people at FLIP are millennials. And, and certainly, yeah, yeah. I know more generally, more broadly, um, the sense was that 2020 was the tipping point generally, but at which millennials became the largest group in the workforce. They made up 50% mm-hmm. of workforces generally on average. And certainly in certain sectors, yours is obviously you know, a perfect example. They are significantly, a significantly higher proportion of the workforce than that. So, so it kind of follows, doesn't it? Anyone who's thinking about addressing issues of talent attraction and retention um, needs to think Absolutely. about and really understand what is it about millennials that I need to understand? What is it about engaging them that might be different from those other generations that have come before the, the gen x's and the and the boomers and the and the traditionalists um who sort of um led the way so so perhaps we could talk a little bit about that what what is it in your experience that um it, we have to think differently about to engage that generation of millennials I, I think there's a few things. Like when I think about when I first entered the workforce, I was really excited to have a job. And so the power dynamic was definitely you're going to pay me and I'm excited to come in and, and um, work for you. And, and I think that's changed. And so now they're expecting different things. And so, you know, we're to boil it down to a, a couple of key things. One, this is a generation that is, is very – they want a sense of belonging and they want alignment to the mission. They're very mission focused. And, mm-hmm. and that ability to join an organization where they're really bought into what it is that that organization does is important. So how do you bring in people that are like-minded to you? And then how do you help them live that? How do you continue? And in our case, we're working with shoppers. How do we continue to build that shopper empathy and give these uh, millennial employees that opportunity to really engage with that mission and, and have impact. Um, that ability to have impact is, is, is really important here. Um, but there's, so there's so can other... I just interrupt you? Sorry. Can I, sorry, can I just Please. interrupt a minute there? I don't want to, don't want to stop you in mid-flow, but, but it's okay. not enough to say our purpose, our mission is delivering shareholder value or bottom line profit you, you you've got to somehow try and engage them with the end consumer or the end customer or or some other purpose i mean is this the same thing as, as purpose Shane? i i believe so i believe hmm. like obviously there will always be people 
who will be excited with the bottom line. Like you, you just give me a winning team and let me make a lot of money. Great. But we're finding that there are more and more people who are coming in and, and they're, they're excited. And in our case, it's like, we worked with those inserts. Like I remember playing with those as a kid or reading those as a kid to save money. <laughs> and so they're bought into our purpose. And it's, it's, so how do you really toe into that and use that as kind of an, as an, an advantage as a way of keeping people engaged and, and driven because they are more likely to follow along because they do have options um, mm. and you want them to choose you. So how do you really engage, not just like the paycheck side, but engage the heart as well and, mm. and get them really excited about what it is you do? Yes. Yes. Okay. Are there any other particular differences that you, you would identify for that sure, kind of I would main say driver? that's that's one of the main drivers, and I, I think one of the other pieces is you need to be as engaged in their growth and development as they are. This is a generation mm-hmm. that has grown up being told they can save the world, they can do amazing things, and if they come into an organization and they feel blocked or they don't feel supported in that. That's, that's not going to keep them excited. It's not going to keep them engaged. And so you need to be very deliberate on growth and development and, mm-hmm. and being really planful with the people you work with around, okay, so what are you looking for? Oh, oh mm-hmm. here's a special project that's right up your alley that's really going to help you grow these three skills that will help you get to that next step. And it's being very deliberate and disciplined as an organization around how you identify those that potential and, and how you really work to support. Um, it's, not, it's not about bringing somebody to a role and letting them languish there for 10 years. It's around how do you bring them up and then start talking about what's next because that need for growth and development is, is super acute with this crew, um, mm. which is a fun challenge as a, as a, as a coach or of people or as a leader. Um, well, absolutely. That's it's fun from the leader perspective it's, it's, too. Yeah, at Engage for Success, one of the we, – we've – one of the things that um, we've identified as a movement is that there are four enablers of engagement and the, the enabler two is the one that I'm thinking of when, you speaking, when you're speaking here. It, the second enabler is about the role of line managers and having team leaders and line managers who can coach and stretch their people and treat them as individuals and, and bring out the best of in them. Um, and so that whole growth and development piece is, is it's really important, isn't it, in terms of your team leaders and your people leaders really understanding what it is about their, their particular team members that what's going to make them tick, where, where are their strengths, where, how can you play to those strengths. But has that been a particular challenge through COVID, though, Shane, in terms of, you know, perhaps a more dispersed workforce? Is, is it, does it become harder to really work hard on the, on that growth and development piece when you when your people are perhaps a bit scattered i i think we've had to be more creative and more intentional um yeah. my organization is still we're still all working from home um mm-hmm. and we're already talking about coming back um but it's going to be in a very different it's, our organization's going to look very different when uh the office reopens and mm-hmm. so there's a different level of intentionality required from the managers to properly engage in those discussions because you're not getting that like side hallway chat around this type of thing. And it's like, okay, yeah. I need to make sure that in my, my biweekly session with this employee, I need to work hard to build the proper growth plan. 
and, and really make sure I'm checking in on that and checking in with their peers around what are the other opportunities. And even mm-hmm. training opportunities where we would do something in office, bring a cohort of people together, you have to be a lot more thoughtful around how you're doing that so that you can ensure a strong experience and a good learning opportunity online um, that you may have done differently in the past. Um, we were pretty dialed in on this before, but I'd, I'd say COVID has forced us to be a lot more intentional and, and work harder developing our managers um, to be able to manage this in a different environment. Mm. So, so as far as Flip is concerned, this is about um, supporting managers, line managers, people managers, team leaders to be more intentional about this and really support their people. It's not something that you that they can abdicate to a, a kind of L&D team or HR team to get on with. It's very much part of their responsibility as managers, yeah? 100%. Um, mm. if, if we get a question from someone around, you know, their growth and development isn't being properly thought through or fostered or whatnot, one of the first questions we'll ask is around, well, tell us about the conversations you're having with your manager. It is an mm. expectation, and, and we work hard to help our managers think through how do you develop not just for performance, but also develop for growth. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yes, it's, it's interesting. I was um, uh, listening to a presentation by Qualtrics um, a few weeks ago um, who, were, who were talking about the Great Resignation, and they were actually saying that one of the three, uh, three key reasons people are giving for changing jobs, and the number one the number one reason was a lack of that clear growth and development pathway. The, the promise is not being fulfilled or the lack of clarity around where they were going. Um, and really saying, no, nope, I'm going to go elsewhere. If I'm not getting it here, I'm going to, I'm going to go somewhere else where I can. So a, a mission and a purpose for the, of the organization that you work for, but also in a sense, I guess, Shane, it's almost like a mission and a purpose for my career, isn't it, too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Like, we all want to work for people who are, are going to be our advocates, our cheerleaders, um, and, and people who are going to help us get better and help us move forward. Um, mm. So it, it is, the mission's important, but you need to have that personal investment in, in your team. Yes. Yes. So what, what, are there any other, um, can you share with us some of the ways in which Flip is really working hard, maybe some of the things that Flip has done that might be particularly valid for other people to hear and think, oh, yeah, actually, that's an interesting approach. We could, we, we've got a, you know, that, that workforce is important to us. We've got a lot of millennials in our teams. and We could take some of that thinking and apply it ourselves. Um, for sure. Um, one example, thinking back to a, a few years ago, was on the engagement side. So uh, this was, we were still a pretty young organization at that point. We're about half the size we are now. And mm. on my team, we had somebody come and say, um, hey, I'd like to start up an engagement survey. And I'd like to build an entire process around it. And it was a great opportunity to showcase somebody who was very excited about that area. She wanted to learn about engagement in that side of the business. And so she built, um, obviously, a little bit of research. She built an engagement process within the team, um, including a a day-long session where she brought people together for focus groups and whatnot, whereas the managers and, and me as a director at the time, we weren't invited. But it was a great opportunity to listen and let somebody do some grassroots stuff that they were very passionate about. 
and and she did a fantastic job of building out this great process for us. We learned a lot around some concerns around work-life balance, for example, that we were able mm-hmm. to address. But it was an entirely a grassroots um, situation where we got the view from the ground and great recommendations on ways we could do things better versus often the engagement ends up being this top-down approach where some higher-ups put out a survey and then come back and say, you need to understand this better, and I'm going to cascade some communication. This was the opposite, which allowed us to really respond to what they wanted. And it was that level of passion that she brought to it that made it such a successful thing. And here Mm -hmm. we are four or five years later, we're still running that process around how we listen to um, the team and, and how we really engage them in that process, uh, mm-hmm. which has been mm-hmm. exceptionally valuable for me as the leader of the team so that I'm not making assumptions as to how to fix things. I've got real good data and, and I'm able to also work with them on how to execute and, and really give them a win because, you know, it was their ideas. It was fantastic. Yeah. So the, you know, the real, the importance of employee voice, listening, listening to employee voice, but really listening to it rather than simply going through the motions of some kind of, you know, of a survey and, and then just, if you're lucky, feeding back the results or telling people what they need to do as a result, but truly listening to what your people are saying. And, and also I think recognizing that um, very often they've got the answers you know, the, the answers, the challenges, the business challenges, and if, if we'll only listen, um, and very often the people doing the job on the ground floor are the people that have got the insight that can, and the creativity and the innovation um, if we find ways to listen to them. So, yeah, interesting. So that, that's something that you've, you've, you've honed and, um, and fine-tuned over the, over the sort of four to five years, is it, Shane? Absolutely. It's, it's, you've got to listen to the people uh, that uh, mm. when they're asking and when they're talking and, and find ways to give them the safe to be honest and open um, and, and providing that level of comfort gets you the best insights around how you can do better as a leader. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Okay. Um, and you, you, you touched on um, this sort of, work-life balance as being something that was particularly important to this generation. Um, how have you, have you approached that differently? You know, have you, have you come up with some different sort of operational ways of doing things to try and play to that? Uh, absolutely. Um, we've always had a fairly flexible work situation um, mm-hmm. where, you know, if you get the work done, um, we're not going to be standing over your shoulder and, and making sure I see you working on the keyboard. Um, yeah. And so it allowed people to work from home when they wanted to. You don't have to clock in, clock out, that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But even now going forward, post-millennial, um, we're going to take that idea of flexibility and go even farther with it, what we're calling like radical flexibility, and allow mm-hmm. people instead of coming to the office, you know, three, four days a week, if their preference is to work remote, we're going to do that so that they are allowed to balance as they see fit. They can avoid the commute a bit. Um, Toronto's not always a, a quick city to get around. And right. so this is going to save people a bunch of time to, to get to and from work. And, and we're trying to give people options so that they can better manage that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's even other things around ensuring that people, um, they understand, you know, the expectation is that you're not, 
you're not checking your your email or your voicemails at six o'clock at night. Like when your day is done, your day is done, um, mm-hmm. and giving people permission. Um, but also acknowledging some people like working at night. Um, some people would rather take a, a break in the day and, and go off and walk their dog for an hour and a half, and then they'll come back and then they'll do a little work at night. So it's yes. just trying to meet people where they are and allow them the flexibility to, um, so long as your business needs are being met, obviously, because we do have customers mm. to work with. Um, mm. So long as those business needs are being met, we want to give people some options so that they can manage their lives. And this is certainly one of the one of the problems that's been reported during during COVID and um, lockdowns and working from home and and so on is one of the challenges that people have reported is this risk of burnout this this blurring of the boundaries between well when am I at work and when am I at home if if actually physically I'm doing all of these things in the same space um, and. It is a challenge, though, isn't it, Shane? You know, this for some people, they do want to walk the dog or to be able to go and look, you know, get the kids their tea and then come back to work later in the evening. And how does how do you then make sure that people understand that just because they're receiving an email from their boss at ten o'clock at night because their boss happens to be wanting to work that way, that the onus is not on them to have to suddenly be responsive instantly and, and, and then that you, you push them towards that blurring of the lines and that risk of burnout. It's a, it's a delicate balance, isn't it? It, it is. And, and it's a two pronged approach on our side. Like we <laughs> reinforce as best we can that you don't need to, but that's not getting like, that's, that's dealing with the symptom. You're not getting at the root cause. The root cause is the boss is sending out an email at 10 o'clock at night. And so we've been deliberate around talking to our leaders around don't send the email. Um, There's great tools that we use Slack and and Google, like you can time the email to go out the next day. And Mm -hmm. so I, I tend to work on Sunday afternoons. It's just how I like to prep for my week. And so I will end that time with about six or seven draft messages to go out. Um, And then I leave a note to press enter on the messages when I come in on Monday morning. Um, because it is my responsibility not to pr- not to put somebody in that position, and right. and so you've got to tap, don't yeah. send a message, um, and then give people empower people to not answer right away and put rules mm. of engagement around that. Mm. Mm. That's interesting because uh, some people will say, oh well, I I put I put something in my footer to say you know I work the hours that suit me, but do not feel you have to reply to me. Um, but that I think for for somebody in a more junior role receiving that, they may it's difficult for them to necessarily believe or trust that, and they might feel pressured to respond. So you're coming at it from the other direction, aren't you, and sort of saying, don't, don't create the challenge, don't create the stress in the first place. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and obviously we're not perfect at this, but I, I know personally this is a change that I've made over the past year, actually, during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's been helpful to try and manage it um, as a way of doing it and, and take it out of the root cause, fix it there. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's all, it's all good. Um, we've, we've got a couple of minutes um, left to us, Shane, um, and I'd just like to close, if I may, by um, asking you if you can think about 
something from the perspective of what you've learned at Flip and what you have done at Flip and what's worked well for you. Um, what what would you what would be your kind of recommendation to listeners if there was if there was one thing to focus on in terms of trying to attract and importantly retain the millennial generation in their workplace um, who are clearly going to be a, you know, a, an enormously important chunk of, of people. What, what, would, what would be the one thing you, you would counsel people to really focus on if they had to just focus on one thing? For sure. Um, beyond the idea of like focusing on impact, it would be to, to meet, meet them where they are. Um, you see all sorts of articles around millennials as this generation that doesn't do this, doesn't do that, et cetera, et cetera. It's yeah. meet them where they are. Learn about the wonderful things that this generation brings to the workforce, their ability to manage a lot of things, their authentic nature, their ability to give feedback, and meet them where they are and focus on those great things because the reality is this is the workforce we have right now, and there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of power there, and if you meet them halfway – um, you're going to get a lot more out of that group versus constantly looking at it as an obstacle around. This is an entitled generation. That's not mm. fair. It's a bad rap. Mm. There are mm. better ways because there is so much you can get out of there uh, or get out of this group of people to really drive your business. So come to them. Um, yes. Give them a chance to, to talk and to give feedback. Yes, excellent. And I think that's that's absolutely right. It is a bad rap, isn't it, to call them an entitled generation. Yeah. Um, they do ask a lot of questions. They want to know why. But that's largely, I've discovered, because that's the way the education system has changed in terms of the, that generation's experience. That's how they learned, by asking why and how. Um, so you ask a lot of questions, uh, you'll get to some great answers, I think. So, um, yeah, lovely. Um, I'd just like to say thank you very much then to this week's special guest, Shane Pounder, Vice President of Operations and Marketing at Flip. And thank you for listening to Engage for Success Radio. We'll see you at the same time next week. And don't forget, you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. So thank you and goodbye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.